the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, claims of the paranormal. No way. We take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. I'm Carrie Poppy. And it is week two of Max Fun Drive. Right at the end. We're, we're early for us. We're late for Max Fun Drive. So big. <laughs> Starting off with an apology. <laughs> big thank you to everybody who has been supporting us. Thank you so much. Thank you. To you listeners thank who you. have up their donations who have signed up for the first time but we're looking at the rest of you <laughs> disdain in our eyes okay approach chris oh my god michael get it together Melanie. mary come on karen abigail jeff chester what's going on come on there's still time you can still do it you can still support us it's maximum fun drive and where would someone do that carrie they would go to maximumfund.org forward slash join and we'll tell them more in just a few minutes. That's right. So in the meantime, let's tell them a little more about Twin, Twin Ray. Ray. Twin Ray. Okay, I described Twin Ray to my friend who was staying with me at my house this morning. Okay. Okay, this is how I described it. You might look at Twin Ray and think it's a couple, but you're wrong. <laughs> look at Twin Ray. It is a guru that is made of two people. Oh, I like it because now it feels like a little version of the Trinity. Yes, it's I think twinity. that's what they're going for. <laughs> I think that really is what they're going for, though. It's wow. like together we a are an entity noun. that is Twin Ray. Twin Ray. Yeah. One word, capital R. Yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that. That's yeah. good. I'm going to use that. But you and I will still hold them accountable as individuals. Sure. And together as and well. And together. And why not? You know, just as the bee hunts for the flower so that the light can touch the grid, which brings the age of flower, so so will we find elopement in the forever sand. (laughs) And that is how that is. So you've Mm. probably already heard. Part one of our Twin Ray coverage. Mm. Uh, We happened upon them at the Conscious Life Expo. Mm. I do want to thank Mm -hmm. listener Jim Reibel, Mm. who was the first one to tell us about Twin Ray Mm -hmm. a little under a year ago. And are you going to do this the whole time? That's what she does as he's talking. Yes, it's true. Which now tells me how hard his job is, because that would drive me crazy. (laughs) It's like a metronome Mm -hmm. under his speech. Um, He does most of the talking and she just goes. "Mm -hmm." Like she's just constantly eating the best chocolate (laughs) (laughs) all the time. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Glad that's what popped into your head. Sure, or sure. something else orgasmic. Sure, sure, sure. Sure. Okay, put a fine point on it. But uh, <laughs> since since we published the first part, we've heard from a lot of people who live in Ashland, Oregon, and yeah. thereabouts. And uh, we've gotten so many comments about this kind of cottage industry. Well, they don't live in a cottage. Yeah, they live in a true. very nice house. But this industry of gurus... In Southern Oregon. And these two are especially known there. They're, again, relatively recent transplants, but they bought a big storefront. They've really launched this in a big, ostentatious way. Yeah. They drive around in their big white car. And we just. They got like some other guru's old house. Like someone else was running a spiritual thing right there. At a really. Ooh, you're selling? Okay. At a really good deal, a suspiciously good deal. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about their housing situation in a few. 
future episode. But one of the recent emailers, it's so fun. It feels like we're getting, you know, on the ground coverage. Totally. Live from Oregon. But one person was saying, oh, yeah, my husband ran into them at the veterinarians once and they were dressed all in white like yeah. even when they're doing natural stuff it's just you know they don't break that character yeah well and she has said that she said even if you catch me buying groceries which i do <laughs> oh she's so down to earth and relatable <laughs> then you're still mm. just fine she's still this mm. person and her old person is not available we're again assuming that you kind of heard our setup on twin ray but they are two separate people who have joined together let known man break them asunder. Yeah. Put them asunder. Tear them asunder. I can't remember. Yeah, there we go. Tear. <laughs> I can't remember the verb. Uh, so you've got Akasha Sananda. Yes. And you've got... Shakina Ma. She has some other aliases. Her legal yes. name is slightly different. The Miananda is, is in, in there. there. Yep. And we We did... also call them Boy Ray and Girl Ray. Right. Boy Ray, Girl Ray. Oh, yeah. I was thinking every time I hear Twin Ray... I think of this 90s song, of this very brief one-hit wonder called Are You Jimmy Ray? Did you ever hear Mm-mm, this? No. Are you Jimmy Ray? Huh. In the chorus, he would sing like, are you Link Ray? Are you... And all these other rays. And so in my mind, I keep thinking, are you Twin Ray? Who wants to know? Who wants to know? Uh, I just got seven emails in our collective yeah, inbox. Very obscure reference, but some Someone of you who, like me, was really paying attention to alt-rock in the late 90s will be like, that song, I remember that. I know that. it. Well, we, we talked about Mia Deutschel. Yes. Mia Therese Deutschel. Yes, her uh, her given name. Right, her name that she used for acting. That was her given name. Uh, but we didn't talk too much about Boy Ray because I was still trying my darndest to find this guy. Yeah. She did a good job of scrubbing her tracks online. He did a great job <laughs> yeah. of scrubbing his tracks online. Though I think part of it is us being Americans because mm-hmm. she wa- she's American. Right. And it's, yeah, the services that you and I subscribe to and the information gathering sites and stuff can be a little American centric. Yeah. And I noticed like in Australia, they'll release birth records once they're 100 years old. But there was like an- Which in- is- which is... Which he is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He's ageless. That is the sort of thing she would insert in the middle of a <laughs> of a statement of his. Well, he's ageless. I can one-up what he said, I support. <laughs> Throw a little wrench in the works. <laughs> I, I was looking up Australian records. Like, they'll let you search newspaper announcements of births. And so as I got suspicions of what his original name was, I was trying so many different forms of search. I was even using Bing, Carrie. Bing! To see if I could, like, hone in on some kind of info about this guy. And it was a real process. And the closest... Undignifying. The the most cyber-stalkery thing I've done. Yeah. And and so you're right. Not only is he originally from Australia, we're pretty darn sure, Mm -hmm. but also he's younger Mm-hmm. And he didn't have like a, an acting career. This is the most cyber stalkery thing you've done. Wow, that just set in for me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, well, so my job was to that try to hunt down Boy Ray a little bit. And you can find, what can you find? If, if you look for Akasha Sananda, which is his now name he's given himself. Yeah. Self given yes, name. We assume, yeah. He mm, yes, we assume yes. Like he was giving talks years ago, so you can mm-hmm. find like an old 2016 two-part video on YouTube of him 
giving a talk in a church with this guy named Christoph Melchizedek. Oh, right. You told me about this guy, his buddy. Yeah. So I was watching that. And when you listen to his interviews, every now and then he'll let slip something, you know, about his past. Yeah. Someone he knew or some oblique reference to his past. And there will always be this kind of conscious scuttling away from that. Like, well, we don't need to talk about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, So I would get like some little indication. So I'd go look up that thing and try to figure out, okay. And did he used to take people on little organized hikes? Like, we'll we'll take 20 rich people to Egypt and pretend that's a, call it a pilgrimage. Yeah. So let me read some of the bios I was finding for him, there was a May 2016 talk that he was advertised as giving, and it said, We are very blessed to be hosting Akasha Sananda on his short visit to the UK. Deborah Sophia Magdalene met Akasha in the Peruvian Amazon rainforest, whilst Ooh. on retreat <laughs> with Children of the Sun Foundation in September okay. 2013. So I was like, what's this Children of the Sun Foundation? And then we found that he was like listed as an officer of that group for two years mm, after that yeah. in 2013. So, okay, so he was involved with Children of the Sun. Uh, she studied with him and Christoph Melchizedek. Oh, there's that guy again. Okay, so they know each other well. I'm trying to trace all these things down. In the meantime, this talk is described as how to re-engineer your DNA template to genetic perfection so you can raise your vibration and embody your life's purpose. So, okay, he was doing this. (laughs) A problem I didn't know I had. Six years ago. Right, yeah, thank you for the problem. Now, can you give me the solution? (laughs) Yeah, I like this. Uh, They list things that you're going to learn about, including DNA's energetic properties, humanity's interference, DNA's distrotion. Distrotion? I I just like that the word distortion got distorted. Oh, oh. (laughs) And how to reverse those distortions. But then you see a much younger version of an already young guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he looks 19 there. With a smaller beard. And so here's how he was presented then. Akasha Sananda functions as a spiritual mentor, healer, and yogi known as a liberator, in quotes, Akasha has attained spiritual liberation under the mentorship of the Himalayan yogi Babaji Nagaraj. Wow, two huge pieces of information. Yeah, if you followed our, well, a few of our previous investigations, but especially the Self-Realization Fellowship, you'll know that Babaji, well, there, there are a few people who have used the name, but he literally means the immortal spirit who's lived on this earth for 2,000 years and wanders the Himalayas. Yes, he's an immortal Siddha who <laughs> lives in the mountains <laughs> and is supposed to be like over a 1,000. Yeah, right? like 2,000 plus years old. Oh, okay, excuse me. And, over 2,000. <laughs> and, re- you know, it's hard to track him down really because say the exact number. he can take on the look of anything or anyone. Right. Oh, that's the other thing is that Babaji takes on different forms. This will mm-hmm. actually come up in a different Conscious Life Expo investigation from this year that Ross doesn't know about yet. Ooh, okay. Um, I'm excited. But, but yeah, Babaji turns into all these different characters, which also means you have Babaji sightings all over the world that might mean absolutely nothing. Right. It could mean someone was like, I was convinced that the alley cat was Babaji. Right. And then you've got this really convenient scaffolding to either just say that you saw Babaji or conversely for someone to tell you that they are Babaji. Yes, totally. <laughs> Totally. So, or that you saw Babaji in a story you just told and didn't realize. And this was the figure who was maintaining the secrets of Kriya Yoga that then escaped to the U.S. through Paramahansa Yogananda. Anyway, so carrying on with this. 
Since this time, Akasha has continued to be contacted by both Babaji and two Himalayan rishis known as Boganathar and Agastya. These Himalayan masters are highly evolved immortal beings who have transcended the elemental nature of gross matter and are the pure embodiment of source consciousness. This is his bio. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. We skated right past him saying that he's spiritually enlightened, Uh which is the biggest claim you could possibly make in this sphere. Right. Yeah. He he attained spiritual liberation, yada, yada, yada. (laughs) Yeah. High initiation from the Rishis led Akasha around the world to learn many sacred traditions and ancient wisdom while uncovering hidden truths about the immortal path. His mission is to humbly serve and assist humanity in becoming fully realized and to obtain liberation as free, sovereign beings. Mm. So Mm -hmm. as as we've noted, he travels the world. He was at this time like leading groups of students to the Himalayas, to Egypt, which is where he met Shekinah Ma. In a beautiful story he'll tell us about at Conscious Life Expo. Yeah, that's right. We're getting there shortly. So then for that same organization, he gave a later talk in 2016. So this time they had Akasha Sananda as well as someone who was kind of a mentor of his named Christoph Melchizedek. Okay. So I was like, well, here's another person to look into and open up 12 tabs about. Uh-huh. This is so interesting. This is all reminding me of the Shakuntali structure. Right. Master and apprentice and the name changing and the yeah succession. The, the guruship, but like no particular overarching umbrella or maybe a loosely coordinated one. And, you know, just like sort of a lot of rogues. Indeed. And th- this one was the talk in this really fancy cathedral in the UK. You can find it on YouTube in two parts of Christoph Melchizedek and Akasha Sananda. And they talk about 15-dimensional unified field physics, which, you know, oh, cool. they're experts. I only know about the first 12, so that'll be helpful. <laughs> yeah, I've always been wanting to clinch those last three. Uh, DNA's energetic properties, DNA's distortion, spelled correctly this time, the language of the universe, all very cool. So in this one, he had a much longer bio that he'd worked out. Good. And this is a line that I kept hearing about him when I would look him up. Akasha Sananda has been in the healing arts since the age of 15 and has served in over 30 different countries as a world teacher. Oh, my God. Just say the number. (laughs) Over 30 countries? You know how many? (laughs) Is it 33? You know, he might be in another (laughs) one tomorrow. Maybe he doesn't know yet. Yeah. Fair. He might just have a sense that it's over 30. I'll give him that one. And he could have been on substances and forgotten which countries he was in. (laughs) Oh, does he talk about drug use? Yes, that's coming. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I remember seeing this bio also somewhere. Okay, yep. Yeah, it seems like it's... uh, That's a standard one. In the healing arts since the age of 15, on a Reddit thread, there was a video shared of Twin Ray and someone down below wrote, hey, I knew this guy when he was 14 and he was out smoking durries. I had to look this up. I guess Uh. it's an Australian term for uh, rolled cigarettes. It said like, yeah, I knew him in high school. He wasn't on any world mission. So I tried to reach out to that guy and say, hey, can you tell me more? Do you remember what his name was? Was his first name this? Because I had kind of figured that out by that point. Uh, So I hadn't heard back. Slightly down in that thread, someone else confirmed, oh, yeah, he's from Australia. Uh, Take that for what it's worth. Anyway, so I'm starting to do searches for Akasha Sananda and the various other terms just to see if a name pops up somewhere. I also see in 2017, there was a woman who went by Athena Melchizedek Sananda. There's Melchizedek again. 
And she wrote, huge gratitude and appreciation to, and she lists some names that include Akasha Sananda for leading this expedition. And she mentions, this was in the Himalayas, she mentions a oneness transmission that was held on October 29th, 2017 in Mm. the Himalayas. This kind of checks out with the twin race story. It sounds like he went straight from there to Egypt, which is where he met Shakina Ma. Right, okay. Also in a book that Athena Melchizedek wrote, she credited beloved soul brother Akasha Sananda, spiritual teacher and alchemist, founder of the Institute of Divine Potential. It's like, wow, he was already founding these organizations. You know, yeah. feels like he's yeah. quite the inter- enterprising person. Yeah. How old is he at this point? 2017. He would be about 27. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, a lot of confidence. No kidding. And he's jet setting around the world, going to all these countries. You have to think yeah. he has some money behind him. Where is this guy from? And, and she goes on to describe him saying, whose gifting of the highest frequency scalar wave light codes and mantras of absolute source mm-hmm. to humanity mm-hmm. supports DNA regenesis, mm-hmm. the plants, yes. the planet's aspiration to avatar consciousness and the yes. emergence of the homo divinus on Earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a lot. That's Absolutely. a mouthful to say about any one person. Oh my God. But she also credited brother Christoph Melchizedek, co-founder of the Institute of Divine Potential. So I was like, okay. Okay. IDP. Christoph. Let's find out more about him. Uh, Also- And and the Institute of Divine Potential. Yeah. And I did look them up. Again, trying to find his name in that context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything he had kept associated with Akasha Sananda. And right. not any other name. Right. Okay. So I was just like trying to find some crack here. And then I found that he had this other good friend who he had inspired from the telling of his spiritual journey, A, to create a website called schoolofmodernmystics.com that looks almost identical to the Twin Ray site. Oh, right. Okay. I remember that name. Yeah. And he mentioned that his birth name was Ashley Ireland, Gabriel Melchizedek's birth name. Okay. So I was like, okay, so now I'm doing all these searches and that's kind of a generic sounding name, but can I find someone from Australia? who sort of matches that. So I'm trying all these things. I start looking at Christoph Melchizedek's Facebook page because he has one. And as I am scrolling through his old photo albums, again, feeling very stalkery here, (laughs) I see they go back to like, I don't know, 2010, 2011, like pretty far back. So, oh, they were supposed to have met like maybe 2013 is what I'm thinking. Okay. So I'm looking at these albums and eventually I find one called Amazon 13. Okay. Tells me that he was in the Amazon and the description is... Yeah, not Amazon.com. Right. The deep dive, fast tracked personal transformation experience in the Amazon jungle. Describing an ayahuasca retreat. Okay. Which seems a lot like the one we experienced. This is still Gabriel talking. This is Christoph. Christoph. Okay. And so he's got these photos. So I find this one and I'm showing Carrie a three quarter profile of a guy with a short beard faced away from us, kind of a redhead. And I recognize that nose. I'm like, oh, that's him. That's um, who? Akasha Sananda. Oh, is it? Okay. Here, let me let me look a little closer. Ah, I see. I see. Yep. Oh, yeah. He does have a distinctive uh, area between his eye and nose, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the upturned nose. Yeah. I see another photo of him and Kristoff that says the lads from down under. Okay. So that tells okay. me, okay, the Australia thing Great. seems to be panning out. Maybe New Zealand too. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that. Then I find this photo of them kind of in a circle after one of the ceremonies. They're all wearing white together. Okay. Yep. Definitely. Yep. There's our boy in the middle. There's boy Ray. And when 
I've done searches, it'll say Akasha Sananda 32. So I'm just working on the assumption he's 32, but the age seems to be working out. Makes sense to me. And they're all wearing white in this photo. Yes. As he would go on to only do. Indeed. So finally, I noticed that on that one photo, the first one I showed you where he is holding a butterfly, check out what the caption says. I love this shot of Harley with the butterfly. Ding, 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 ding. And I go... Yes. Thank God. Harley. Who's Harley? (laughs) Is that a nickname? Is that his name? But now I have it. And there's one other photo, a different angle of the same moment that confirms A, that it's him and B, that Harley is the name being used for him. There we go. Harley with the blue morph. Also, he's wearing a tank top. He just wouldn't be called dead in now. (laughs) For sure. I mean, it is white. It is white, but like he's so more curated now. Indeed. He would be ashamed. No kidding. Yeah. Here he is a young explorer. But, you know, I kept thinking, okay, if I can find the right record from between 2013 and 2016, I can find him using his real name. Yeah. And I was just trying every permutation of Akasha, Harley, just to see if those words showed up in the same place or... Harley Davidson does not help. Right. Oh, yeah. I kept having to do my searches with a minus Davidson, like do not include yeah, this yeah. in the search results. Yeah. I, Harley Quinn. You, right. I don't, I don't want to hear about her. Yeah, I was on a different part of the story, but you told me what you thought the name was and I did a couple searches right. and it was like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is some deep internet chicks nothing's coming up for me <laughs> on a quick check well yeah. thanks for confirming that yeah because yeah, yeah. i spent a lot of time doing this so then i went to kind of the shared facebook page that akasha sananda and shakina ma have and it's just called sananda shakina that's their like shared facebook okay. page and i noticed that that account had liked some of these photos so it was aware they were there with the caption so I guess maybe they just figured no one would find it or I don't mm. I don't know, because it seems like so much intentional effort has gone yeah. into kind of covering his backstory. Anyway, so I looked back in their photos and I found the earliest photo. I guess this was before they met then. It was 2015. Okay. But that was the earliest photo of him on the shared account. Okay. And that says Sananda Shakina. That's their shared That's name? their shared. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, so okay. that was just the earliest photo I could find of him on that account. But I guess it's before they met each other in Egypt. So I felt, okay, I've made like a big breakthrough. So I'm trying all these Harley searches. So then after we published our first episode on the comments on Facebook, Trish Castillo commented saying, oh, his name is Harley Forrester. (laughs) Okay. Okay, well... How do you know that? You've got the Harley. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that tells me something. How'd you get the Forrester? So I messaged Trish and she was very helpful, gave me a lot of info. She's another local. And she said, I know I found it on one of the Facebook posts. Let me go find it again. Okay. Which she did. So she pointed me to these earlier threads on the Sananda Shakina Facebook profile where one guy had said, acing it, Harley. So, okay. Okay, okay. Confirmation there. And then a post by one Tezza Forster saying, Dad at mum are booking holiday, LOL, enjoy, love you, XXXXX. So probably a sister or the mom. Then you see Tezza Forster write on a different post in 2015. I will see you in bail, I assume Bali. My beautiful son, heart, 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 XXXX, mm. Tezza Forster. Okay. So I, I'm still not willing to 100% say the last name is Forster because she's been married, sure. it looks like, a few times. So that may be a different later name, but 
for now, I'm calling him Harley Forrester. Okay, for not Forrester, not Forrester, Forrester. Okay, yeah, one R, one S. Forrester, hardly. Oh, yeah, that never mind. That's not a good one for that. No, don't use that. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going with yeah, that. Yeah, I won't. Uh, but I did find a MySpace profile for a Harley Forrester. The dates kind of aligned. He okay, was, he was from Adelaide, Australia, which is okay. So yeah. far, the strongest suggestion I've had, and that's where Tezza lives now. So okay, I was like, this yeah, could be yeah, him. Yeah. And so the description sounded about right, but MySpace is broken so i couldn't open the photos i couldn't see uh any confirmation there so there we go that's where the trail runs cold but i feel pretty okay feel, yeah feel like i made some progress maybe here. we can contact tezza forster yeah yeah might reach out to her yeah so her, talk to her if you have any more specific info than what we've just recounted let us know sure so i know that she has said that her family is perfectly supportive of her new life which i don't know if that's true but that's what she says um has he commented at all about whether his family of origin likes all this i i think the impression i've gotten is that they are also supportive and i noticed that uh, tezza had changed her photo at one point to the two of them Shakina Ma and oh, Harley Forrester. Wow. Okay. More confirmation of the connection there, and you know that she seems to be proud of them. I also saw an interview where he was talking about communicating with Shakina's mom, her uh-huh. Earth mom, and Shakina kind of mom. <laughs> Shakina mom. Shakina <laughs> mom. Exactly. <laughs> and trying to sort of negotiate that oddity between her not really buying into the spiritual stuff, but also ah. wanting to show them love and acceptance. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, girl. Ray's mom, if you're listening, we'd love to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, we'd talk to you as well. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so yeah, just fun to fall down that rabbit trail. Yeah, that's that's a really good fall. Thanks for doing all that. Sure thing. But Ross, before we talk about the exact talk we went to of Twin Ray at Conscious Life Expo 2023, mm-hmm. I have another 2023 event that is popping off right now this week yeah it sounds it's exciting a max fun drive 2023 oh that's right it's boo, 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 it's boo. still max fun drive and i know what you've been thinking oh i really should support them i've been thinking about it well guess what these are the waning final days of Max Fun yes. Drive. You can still support us at maximumfun.org/join and yes that's you. Yes, exactly. It is you. Yeah, boy, this Max Fun Drive has been a whirlwind for us. Um we always love Max Fun Drive. Uh, some real difficult shit show stuff has happened in both of our lives and I have uh, so it's been a very hard Max Fun Drive to pull off. I'll just be honest about it. But I've been so grateful for how great Max mm-hmm, Fun is and mm-hmm. how great the community is such that our lives can fall apart a little bit and the machine doesn't fall apart. Yeah, yeah um, I like so, that. So yeah, thank you to everybody who has supported us. And you know, if you like what we're doing, if you like what we're producing here, we want to do another year of it. So please, please join if you haven't. Upgrade mm-hmm. if you can. And even if you, let's say you hear this the day after and you're like, oh, well, crap, this was my <laughs> chance. Guess what? You can you can still go to maximumfund.org slash join. You can still get the bonus content. You maybe won't get the sticker or some of the other incentives, but you can always boost upgrade. It always supports us. It always helps us. But this is just the best time to kind of set the tone for the year. Yeah. So Max Fund Drive is this special two weeks where we celebrate the network that collects us all into one universe. And that that is maximum fun. And speaking of collecting and collectives, 
as we mentioned before, Maximum Fun is moving to a co-op model. Yes! Where the employees will own Maximum Fun, and they're good employees, and they do good work, and this is really cool. We're really excited. Yes, absolutely. So, we had a goal that we announced in our last episode, and we've already passed it. We have. So you've unlocked the Carrie Wake Up track. Yes! So that's what it is. Yeah, I can totally nail this. I've been so tired (laughs) all of March because of my dog and her medical problems. Uh, So I get it, you guys. I'm with you. I, too, need to be woken up. So yes, no, I'm totally down for this. But you have to become a member if you want that wake-up track. This is in response to my sleep track, which I will admit I have used to put myself to sleep. (laughs) As I was editing it, I would get too tired. And I would have to go just lay down for a minute and I would fall asleep. So that's how potent that thing is. Wow, soporific. Indeed. So your MaxFun membership pays for the shows on MaxFun. 70 cents on the dollar goes to the shows you love. 30 cents on the dollar goes to keeping this co-op alive. Mm-hmm. And the structure has worked really, really well for this show. We're totally independent. We're just supported by these people who make it possible. And it's also made it possible for me to write my book. That's right. Yeah. That's given you the space to do that. So your donation dollars do that. Support us, support our families, support our pets, and keep independent podcasting alive. And at no point does Maximum Fun ever darken our doorways and say, hey, uh, really uh, would rather you not say X. Or, yeah, yeah. Or do Y. Or, yeah, you that's know. very we're, rare. We're concerned about you getting sued by yeah. so-and-so. They just, yeah. they don't. They just Yeah, I said it's very backs. rare and I, I'm not even coming up with an example in my head. I was just talking to our friend Jesse Thorne and telling him how my standard argument for this is I could say... Jesse Thorne is a murderer on the podcast. You just and it did. Would, and it would go out the next day <laughs> and Jesse Thorne would hear it with everybody else and then we'd deal with it. That's how hands off the system is. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. true. It's true. Okay. But he's a lovely guy. Hope you like that sort of Damocles hanging over your head. <laughs> Jesse Thorne. <laughs> so will you please join us as a member? <laughs> Maximumfun.org slash join. So we got to see Twin Ray in person. That's right. They came here to the Angels. La Ciudad de Ángeles. Por supuesto. Sí, sí. And... Estoy aprendiendo español <laughs> en mi celular. Uh, buen hecho. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, yes. He came here with his lovely wife. Right. And they gave a talk called Living Heaven on Earth. And we mentioned before, but the description is on the little poster out front and on the marketing literature that's supposed to get you interested in this. What if heaven wasn't a distant destination, but your true nature here and now? What if you could discover this paradise by simply shifting your mind's perception and opening your heart? What if love, peace, and happiness were not fleeting sensations, but your timeless ongoing experience? Join Shekinah Ma and Sanandaji as they share simple yet deep heart-centered truths to support the transcendence of suffering. Come experience how to awaken your divine self and unravel the mysteries of living heaven on earth here and now. (laughs) I love that sign. Yeah, it's a great sign. I love it because you walk through Conscious Life Expo and you see sign after sign of things like this that the claim is so 
big yeah. that it's impossible to pick. And everybody's just one-upping each other. Well, Fair. I'm enlightened. Well, I'm in Nirvana. Well, I can make you enlightened. Well, I can make the whole room enlightened. Well, I can heal you. Well, I can heal whole rooms. And it's just shocking that the only thing separating you from these truths are two conference room doors. Totally. Yes. I mean, imagine. Okay, Okay. try to read that sign again, mm-hmm. but only tell me things it says that are reasonably established <laughs> truths. <laughs> um, Here we go. Oh, wait. <laughs> what if love, peace, and happiness were not fleeting sensations? Okay. Join Shekinah Ma and Sanandaji as they share simple yet deep heart-centered truths. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. And then the room number? Marina room. Okay, that's probably the most factual part of it. Marina and, room. And then the description for them. Shakina Ma and Sananda Ji share ancient and modern wisdom teachings that point to the indisputable truth of one consciousness. Wow. And mm. I'm saying it like a carnival barker. They deliver all of this very yes. flat, very soothingly, mm. like a sleep track. The all-inclusive love they hold inspires seekers to become seers. And is often described as a feeling of coming home. This is our first hint at this fun wordplay that they really enjoy. Like yes. they'll say a word they and love they'll a be pun. like, yeah, they do. And it's a different presentation of the pun. Yep. But I'm sure as they were workshopping this, they're like, the all inclusive love they hold inspires seekers to become seers. Absolutely. See what I did there? I took out a K and an E. <laughs> I like what you did there. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, totally. So uh, jam-packed room. We're all in there, elbow to elbow. I managed to get a seat. I was a little late, I think. I know I was standing up against the wall. As I went back and was reviewing my audio for Mm -hmm. this a month later, I was immediately thrown by how they speak. I had forgotten how impossible it is to follow. Yes. To try to transcribe. Yes. To try to find meaning from. Right. And now I hasten to kind of correct myself when I say like it's mumbo jumbo or it's word salad. I mean, that's not quite right. There is content there. Yes. But it's so repeated. There's so much parallelism. So they'll like say a sentence. And then they'll re-say it in a slightly different way or they'll... But none of them will be quite clear and on the nose. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's such a study just to figure out kind of the structure, the syntax, mm-hmm. the the rhetoric, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, of how they're presenting this. Also, a lot of kind of the construction that you see like in the I have a dream speech where you kind of find a little cadence, a little hook, you know, like I have mm-hmm. a dream that and then you kind of use that multiple times for different things. Sanandaji in particular, but Shakina Ma as well. I will, think he's just like Martin Luther King too. They will say something that is straightforward, and they will say something that is maybe nuanced, and they will say something that is yet a third meaning, and mm. they will say something that, it, you know, like they'll do that mm. thing where they're kind of lulling you with the same formation, like, mm-hmm. oh, look, I just restarted this clause 
five times, but then you've established five subjects and then they give the predicate and you're like, wait, what was that tied to? <laughs> totally. What? what? And then you have to like look at the sentence again. And you were saying it's hard to summarize. Yes. Yeah, so hard. The form of the words is the content. The, yes. The structure the sensation that the words give you, that's what it's, it's really all about. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think, okay, so you said lulling. I think that's right. There is a lulling happening, mm-hmm. uh, intentional or unintentional, but that's certainly the effect it has. And then I think it relies on this thing called gist processing, which is the ability to hear, mm-hmm. you know, a point made but sort of circled around and you don't quite say it. You're not very good at giving a summary sentence, but here's the sort of general idea. A good listener with good gist processing goes like, OK, but I get the idea. Mm-hmm. But if you're not terribly good at that, you will not find anything <laughs> to understand in Twin Ray. You will walk out just lulled and yeah. that will be it. And you might have a sensation you know like Mm -hmm. they might give you a feeling like certain song lyrics when you sit down to look at them and you realize like oh it doesn't actually say the thing that i'm feeling when i hear it oh yeah 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 i feel like they might make good song lyrics if they were in that uh, business yeah it's really interesting what people want from them like I'm skipping ahead here, but I mm-hmm. think it's really telling. At the very end of this talk, they asked if everybody wanted a Q&A or a meditation. Yes. And you and I are like the only people who are like, Q&A! Q&A! Questions! Q&A, please! And the whole rest of the audience. Meditation. 80 plus people. Of course. Meditation! Yay! Woo! And that that is telling to me. Mm-hmm. Because if you just enjoy that vibe so much of just sort of sitting there blissed out, then I bet this can be a replacement for that. Give me more of that. Yeah. Yeah, fair. We don't need hard questions. And and in fact, they even sort of make a little joke about not having questions to ask right before that. But yeah, we'll get there. Let's yeah. let's see if we can unpack this. And like I was trying to take notes in real time and I was realizing just how frustrating it was. Like, oh, yeah. I can't summarize this because I'm trying to capture these words that you use and I don't know when you're going to finish this thought. And you didn't. You didn't finish that thought. <laughs> now yeah. you're on to a new one. What's going on? And now your wife is supporting you by adding another <laughs> thought that sort of lateral but comes back in a sense but also sort of advances the idea and it's a zinger but delivered like this (laughs) maybe there's a pun we'll see so it was a fun exercise Uh, well i don't know if fun's the right word but it was a challenging interesting exercise Mm -hmm. to just kind of listen to this in a format where i could later on kind of go back and say okay let's hear that again Ah, okay. And I did find there was structure there. There was a message. There's a a message, as long as you're willing to do that just thing. And he essentially promises, uh, as you mentioned last time, that within this, you know, like one hour lecture, we're going to unpack every step in the spiritual ascension. It's like, whoa, big claim. The intention of this workshop tonight is to take you through every single stage of the ascension process, the evolution of your soul through the evolution of spirituality. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) And we've described them before, but again, just picture white Jesus, long hair, beard with white robes, Mm-hmm. Sitting on a white couch with white pillows underneath and a white cover on the the dais, and then she's a white woman, uh, apparently in her forties, mm-hmm. long sort of chestnut brown hair, wearing a cowl over her mm-hmm. head, white, mm-hmm. of course. Yep, looks like she's put a lot of money into maintaining her look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just picture him with a pasted on grin, where you see his upper and lower teeth. 
and picture her with a smarmy, unctuous, self-satisfied look. <laughs> and you've got it. You've got them in your head. Here's a quote from Girl Ray that gives you a sense of what she interjects with. Okay. And there's always a deeper absorption where you see, even if you've heard mm-hmm. something before, you can hear it again with new ears. Oh, man. Yeah, when I heard that initially, too, I just thought, wow, that's such a way of... I don't know, bleeding your shtick for all it's worth. You know, if even if you've heard us say all this before, there are deeper truths and yeah. it's on you to find them. Yeah, and even following this sentence took you so much mental effort. There was a, a woman who came up to introduce them and gave their bios and talked about Shakina Ma having a death initiation. One thing I found very interesting about this woman's introduction was that she said Sanandaji spent time in the Himalayas. <laughs> Like, all right. I wonder if she was looking at a piece of paper and didn't know what she was looking at. Yeah, kind of like Trump doing the uh, Yosemite. Yeah, or uh, Ted Baxter, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a character. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> but she promised that this isn't just talk. These two are major manifestors. Mm. And she mentioned their incredible retreat center in Oregon, their nutraceutical company, which, by the way, they've got a little sign next to them selling their bioceuticals that you can buy. Which means like supplements, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Teas and, and supplements. And like, they've got these waters with uh, really fancy designs that are branded as Twin Ray. And they have like kind of copper lids and copper bottoms to them with, uh. with a little chamber with rocks underneath. So I'm sure there's... Uh, an amazing what a description. Glorious waste. <laughs> of why you need to buy their branded bottled water. Um, you know, it was my best friend Claire's birthday around this time, and I was like, I'm gonna get you a bunch of crap from Conscious Life Expo. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I would text her uh with the various things. Do you want this? And Oh, at least you gave her a choice. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. And we got down to she really wanted expensive water. She was like, hey, you know, you make the call, but I want you to bring me the most expensive water you can find. Good ass. Um, so I brought her Starfire Water. Starfire Water. They've always got a booth. Yep. It was $20. Oh. It was a bottle of water. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know what I had in my head, but it wasn't that. That's <laughs> yeah, a lot. A bottle For of water. For one bottle of water? It has a bunch of writing on it, though. Oh, please tell says me. says why it's special. Yeah, please tell me it is at least aligned energetically. Uh, yes, yes. I think it was reverse osmosed. <laughs> and alkalide and, uh, and you know, some kind of special love filtration. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe it was worth it then. So this whole time as we come in, they've kind of delayed starting this because you've got people up there fiddling around with computers and just this TV set that refuses to recognize the source of the laptop. Oh, right. So I had, oh, to, sure. I had to do that thing where wow, I, someone wouldn't recognize source in the room. <laughs> oh, whereas she's in contact with spirit. Oh, you're. On. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. You're on. <laughs> Sounds like they've had problems both with source and spirit. <laughs> <laughs> so I had again to tell myself, stay here. Don't try to go up and help them. Sure. Nobody wants this extra cook in the kitchen. Just watch them oh, struggle. They might want it. But they didn't uh, solve that issue. So there was no screen. And then oh, you could have solved it. He starts speaking into the microphone and says, can everyone hear us? And we all say, no, because we can't. It's like the microphone's not working at all. And he says, let's fix this mic. <laughs> all right. Okay. And he's got his big smile. One thing I always love is watching plans not going according to plan 
for spiritual types mm. just to see how they respond how they in the moment. respond. Yep. Yeah. It's totally. Like, okay. Now we get to see if everything is not hunky dory. Absolutely. It's a lose? very quick peek behind the curtain. Exactly. Their bandwidth is so much thinner for running any sort of uh-huh. masking. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. This is going to come into play again. Same <laughs> talk about the immortal Sidhas of India that I'm saving for you. Fan- oh, I can't wait. I love it. So they're dealing with that and like people are trying to like fix the microphone levels and then constantly the doors outside this room will open Mm -hmm. and then you'll hear this just torrential torrential noise of the people out in the hallway bustling. No crowd control. (laughs) Uh And it drowns out everything in the room. Yes. So you can see just the little glimmers of irritation but he's still got that pasted grin on his face. Yep. (laughs) My whole thing is being peaceful. (laughs) Nothing is working. She still has this ironic look on her face and he's still grinning with all his teeth so then the microphone's supposed to be working he talks again all right is this better and someone right in front of me says no you need to be two to three times louder (laughs) (laughs) oh i think i heard this it's so precise and so he said we have this beautiful keynote slide presentation but lo and behold it's unactivated and that gets a good laugh from the audience. <laughs> this is one of those situations where anything that's just a little outside the normal is a very funny laugh line. Yes, it's yes. unactivated. Uh, so we'll just have to all do it by heart. And Shakina Ma says, we'll have to create imaginary slides for you. <laughs> and, so, and so they do. Oh, I think I missed this. Okay. But now we're ready for the actual talk. So Sanandaji says, tonight's about living here on earth. Heaven, not as a concept, but as a true reality. And again, he's not saying any of this like I am, like I'm trying to like create sentences here. Yep. Our intention is to take you through every single stage of the ascension process, mm. the, the evolution of your soul, the evolution of spirituality, spirituality yes. the lessons along the way, the yes. different grid systems. Mm. Whoa, there's grid systems? Okay. Yes. Architectural framework. We're going to map it out so it's really mm. clear. Mm-hmm. So, hey, that, that all sounds good. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you can even let that flow through you as sentences, that sounds good. I think it, it lulls me pretty fast. Oh, no kidding. I really had to like go back through and go back through to to get the point. But yeah, you're right that that is the point. And as you said, this is where Shakina Ma tells us. And even if you've heard this before, you know, they acknowledge that some people in this room are quite adept, quite advanced. There's always more truth to be pulled. So they're going to tell us about the various ages yes, of Earth. Right. Because we're coming into the golden age. That's a big thing for them. But, but how did how did we get here? Okay, listener, we're going to give you a second to think about it. And then I want you to guess which age we are currently in. Ready? One, two, three, go. No, it's the Iron Age. Though he, he gives us a, a like a longer list later of all the ages we've gone through. And that was a little confusing because it didn't go straight from iron to golden. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll okay, run that's into sure that. how he made it sound this time. Okay. So my understanding was we're in the Iron Age, which is like all misinformation y. Mm-hmm. And we're all under sort of a cloak of ignorance. But some sort of spiritual happening is going to allow us to enter energetically pull the energy out of the core of the earth and that is going to bring us into the golden age where we will be more true seeing well now that's clear like iron <laughs> is that it, so, is that what you well, got too yes and I, and I totally see where you got that and i think what he might add as a corrective to that is like well it's the spirit of the iron age that lives on with us but okay. grabbing from a little later 
and he lists the Dark Age, the Iron Age, the Bronze Age, the Silver Age, which I've heard hmm. of those other ones. I yeah. haven't heard of the Silver Age unless we're talking about comic books in the <laughs> 60s. Yeah, like the rise of the silver screen. The Golden Age. And then he talks about these uh, yugas. These are Hindu yugas. periods of time. There's four world ages that are... Oh, okay. I had to look this up. 4,320,000 years long each, but oh, also known is, as okay. 12,000 divine years. So, okay. Anyway, yeah, so hmm. we'll, we'll get to that in just a little bit, but that's a little bit of context on those ages. Got it. Okay. Um, so what does the golden age mean? Well, yeah, let's define this. Okay, easy. Yeah, let's hear it. What do you got? This is still Boy Ray speaking. He says, at a very simple level, it means peace within, peace on earth. What that requires is to pick up the pieces. It's the fragmentation of one's mind or the different traumas or the shadow aspects. And for all the aspects of one to come back to wholeness and truth and the true path. Well, yeah, you got it. That's yeah. it. Well, and I love that little, again, bit of wordplay. If you want peace on earth, that means you need to pick up the pieces. Oh, yes, of course. There's also times where he says traumas, and then he remembers that dramas rhymes with that. So he'll say oh. traumas and dramas. <laughs> I'm like, you don't need to. It's okay. We got it. You don't need to make it longer. It feels like someone writing their eighth grade term paper, mm. where it's like, okay, well, I got to pad this out. <laughs> needs to be 2,000 words. So you find that there is peace and there is also unity and (laughs) agreement amongst the people of the earth and all the countries (laughs) who are together in their peacefulness. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Padding or or maybe even, to give them the benefit of the doubt, maybe some of those loose associations, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, clanging. And Shakina Ma plays off of this, as she always does. Like, he'll talk a lot, and then she'll find Mm -hmm. some little place that she can either just sort of interrupt him and give her extra example of the list he's making. Yes. She loves to add to a list. Yes, Um, definitely. and, And then she also just knows when it's time for her to jump in. And I gotta say, they did this without a teleprompter, without any notes. Without slides. And go and without even the slides. That's right. That were supposed to be there. So I got to say, for all we've said about the structure and the obtuseness of how this is presented, I'm still impressed that they're just able to do this off the cuff. There's one point at which she confuses. She jumps ahead to a new stage of evolution. Oh, okay. Which I thought was pretty fun. But yeah, we'll get there. Okay. Anyway, so she jumps in at this point and says, yes, we all want peace on earth. But what is peace? on Mm. earth take your traumas and bring it into resolution into harmony into resonance bring the pieces of yourself into wholeness yeah this is um a really interesting little passage to me because one thing i always enjoy seeing is new age leaders who i suspect are reading a lot of pop psychology but not traveling Mm. into the actual academic psychology end of the spectrum yeah so i can see the influence of these pop psychologists who whose work experts don't actually respect very much moving into how how these two are seeing their world and seeing their lives and thinking they have sort of like an extra insight into mm-hmm. but I'm like no that that whole theory isn't scientific. Yeah, and I know you're particularly attuned to this. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it seems very convenient for the likes of Teal Swan and yes. Twin Ray that they can really just riff on this and make a lot of hay out of it. Yeah, yeah. Also just know that anytime they said the word trauma I got a text message from Carrie seconds later that said, trauma. 
<laughs> yeah, people were saying it a lot. <laughs> A lot. So to the point where I was like, they'd said it, and I was like, looking at my, pulling my phone out of my pocket. <laughs> You're like, there oh, it is. reception must not be very good here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing that's interesting from doing this just long enough mm-hmm. is that we can see these moments where a certain buzzword kind of enters the lexicon and then maybe filters out a little bit. Yeah, I think trauma has moved into everybody's lexicon a little bit right now. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll we'll do our best as we're going through this to kind of summarize pieces. But every now and then we'll have to give some exact wording on this because it's yeah. so rich. There's so much in the wording. Yes, you know, the main mission of the golden age is for full collective species to ascend together. Yeah, absolutely. Full collective species. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Oh, Noah's Ark. Those are great words that sound... Good together, though. Uh, And he says, with the golden age, there's a lot of advancement that can happen. Spiritual advancement, Mm. technological advancement. He starts listing like free energy. Oh, yeah. Free energy. The unified field. Uh, and he, and then he'll also regularly do this where he jumps back into the past and he mentions megalithic structures that the ancients have left us, star maps, technology. And you can tell he's kind of like struggling for more examples. And so Shikina Ma says, Ascension Chambers. <laughs> what a save. Good on you, Shakina Ma. I see you struggling. I have a new nonsense phrase for you. So here's where I have some exact wording from Sanandaji. And he's talking about how this technology can enhance the coherence of the genetics <laughs> in order for the light body to actually... Could it enhance the coherence of your sentence? To actually be active. <laughs> yeah, coherence. For all they use the word, I don't think you know what that word means. Uh, So he's talking about this higher level advancement on the golden age cycle. And here we go. But ultimately what it is, it's at the level of the grids because all form is essentially frequency. So whatever we perceive as physical, there's a unified field. There's a field of spirit that has all the information that's allowing that physical reality to come into its appearance. Yeah. Okay. So the grids. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are grids that surround the earth. Yep. And as you become more evolved, you the individual, mm-hmm. those grids form a sort of protective cloak yes. around you. And that cloak itself evolves as you evolve and gets larger and connects to different power points throughout the grid that is Earth. And if enough of us do this, we will form an ascension chamber that will allow (laughs) us all to evolve the Earth together. But they need enough people to do that. Yeah, well described. Yeah! And uh, the reason we know this is true, because we've heard about morphogenetic fields, we've heard about ley lines. But just as the earth has these fields, so does our body, mm-hmm. all of our cells. That's connected to our endocrine systems and our chakras. Mm. So again, he always kind of like gives a little nod to like the things that we kind of know and the things that we shouldn't know because they're not real uh, and, and kind of links them together to tie together everything he's saying. And that's exactly what this is. This is celebrating life. We celebrate each other. We celebrate what it means to truly take this human vehicle into the next level of stability. Whenever I hear human vehicle, <laughs> I hear Heaven's Gate. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. They were talking about vehicles, which is a horrible way to kind of dissociate from the reality of life and yes. say, oh, the body's just a vehicle. A ve- oh, yeah, exactly. And they would, and, and as a result, they would talk about leaving the vehicle. Reminds me of one of my least favorite phrases, which is human capital management. 
That's, oh, I don't think I've heard that. That's kind of like the new yeah. phrase for HR. Ooh. Yeah, it's like, that sounds Ooh. like like it's a euphemism for slavery. It, Human it, capital management. It, it does sound that way. Let's just not say that. You still haven't read uh, Bullshit Jobs, No, right? I haven't. Oh, you got to read Bullshit Jobs. Oh, okay. So yes. good. You got me excited about it. I'm going to pitch it to the book club next time. Okay, good. So Girl Ray is also, as, as he's telling us this sort of hmm, theology, philosophy, the teachings, if you will. I will. She's color it with more experiential notes yeah so she'll so he'll say you know the earth is made of grids give you a (laughs) bunch of teachings that are hard to understand and then she'll say something like and once you get there it will be it will surpass all of the mystical experiences you've ever had take those and multiply them infinitely and it won't be able to touch what you really are and we, we celebrate what it means to truly take this human vehicle into the next level of its divinity. It's it unlimited what is possible in this vehicle. Mm-hmm. It really is. There's a deep transcendence of anything you think you know about the body. Anything you think you have experienced. Take that. Take all of your mystical experiences and multiply them infinitely. And you still wouldn't be able to touch what you are. And as he's talking about how we ascend together, she's saying, it's about going through a rebirthing. These are the Mm. birthing pains, as in all births. And the former structures are crumbling. Mm. And the new guard is forming, the legions of light. And all of you beloveds in this room right now are part of the legion of light. Mm. And that, that got applause, and it confirmed that you and I are part of the Legion of Light. Oh, she right. said, all of you in this Yeah. Room. So then they tell us the story of how they met yeah. Twin Ray. How did Twin Ray, the guru that is Twin Ray, come to be? So, okay, I didn't know this, but apparently there are several places on the Earth that are portals, if you will. I think they call them nodes. And they're, yes. they're points where divine contact can be activated. Right. And this only happens in certain cycles. The last big cycle actually ended with Atlantis, the drowning of Atlantis. 12,000 years ago. Yeah, but now we're in one again today. Mm -hmm. And lucky shits, these two (laughs) happened to go to Egypt right when Egypt was one of the activated nodes. Yeah, there was a major event in 2017. So great. Cool. We were here for it. Yeah. And they're going to tell us about it and just happened to be when they met each other. Yes. So he tells us the story. Yeah. He was in a cave and he (laughs) he was uh, already like, okay, I need more explanation. Yeah. I think he was going from India to Nepal. So this happened somewhere along the way, but he found this like kind of row of caves and he'd sort of stop in each one. I think it was along a river and he would stop in each cave and he would meditate And he's describing how at one point he felt something block the light and it kind of distracted him. He's kind of annoyed by it. Right. He's saying, okay, but I'm I'm focusing here, so go away, whatever it is. Little did he know. It was Shekinah Ma. And so the audience has a great laugh at that. And he said, at the time, I didn't know she was my wife. She was looking at me and and she interrupts and says, waiting. Uh, So he says, eventually I got the memo. I went to Egypt and apparently he got there five days early and it just happened to be the exact same day that she arrived. So can you imagine the synchronicity that Mm. they arrived in Egypt at the same time? Mm, Sounds like they signed up at the same tour, but okay. (laughs) 
But he swears he hadn't planned it. Anyone who watches Bachelor in Paradise knows that it's it's very dependent on whether you arrive on the same day. Right as they're telling this very important story, a man's phone right next to me goes off. Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take it to Bermuda. And he's like fumbling around with it trying to make it stop. Mike loves the Beach Boys. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I know we were just talking about traveling from Spain to India to Nepal. Certainly not Hawaii. (laughs) To Egypt, not Bermuda. My bad. Not one of the nodes. Not one of the nodes. (laughs) So he's talking about how we were there for this event. We were called to do grid work there. And this is all about service. And I'm thinking, oh, this is like the Aetherius Society or Scientology where they feel like they're doing something really helpful for the world. Uh But they're really just kind of getting in the way or or doing nothing. You know, it's Uh like sending prayers after a school shooting. Or or some mix of both, you know. Hopefully. Where you you like maybe do some help, but you also waste a lot of your time. Yeah, I certainly didn't hear... Sadandaji talk about handing out food to anybody. Okay, okay, Sounds like yeah. they're doing grid work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally fair. I follow some people on Instagram who do this who, you know, they'll just be like, I went on my sacred pilgrimage to so and so, but it'll just be, you know, them in a hot outfit dancing in front of some <laughs> pyramid or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. okay. Doing great work. Thank you, you. Thank you for ruining the sky for this. <laughs> The way he phrased it was interesting that he, on this trip, A, met her, but B, realized that Shakina Ma was my wife. Yes, and that they had made vows to each other in a previous incarnation. Yep. But they had forgotten and they recovered the memory together. So the way they phrased this made me think, wait, did you actually get legally married or did you just Uh reestablish your previous marriage from another existence? I bet they did get legally married and that you're thinking of it a little backwards. Okay. I bet they got legally married and then they were like, well, how do we explain? We don't want to make it sound like that's when we got married. We didn't. We got married before. Sure, sure. I bet it's that defensive crouch. Anyways, he mentions that they reaffirmed their vows in the king's chamber and she said, in the sarcophagus. Oh my God, I missed this. And the, So much is flying past you that you could miss this. <laughs> the audience laughed at that. Whoa. Yeah, she didn't describe that anymore. Wait, the king's chamber of what? The pyramid. The pyramid. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. The king's chamber of the pyramid in the sarcophagus. They exchanged their back. <laughs> I'm putting it all together mentally. And the, the, Okay. They mentioned... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I don't feel so silly for doing my love boat wedding. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm just thinking, like, you didn't have somebody actually doing marriage vows and legally ordained yeah, the, to marry you at this at moment. The, yeah. The, that's okay. Yeah. This is <laughs> this sarcophagus pushes me toward your point of view. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so they mentioned that someone later pointed out to them that there was a transmission that happened and it was visible like in a video they did or a photo. I need to find this. I need to find what they're talking about. There's probably some flare of light or yeah, orb or something. Yeah, someone's fingers in the lens. Yeah. Then for 20 years, they're like, well, you know, that day. The- but we were robbed of our keynote presentation, so we didn't get to see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, we should write to them. Yeah. Can you please send us that? I want to see that smudge. Okay, so Sanandaji starts in again saying, our solar system came out of a plasmic cloud, a repulsion zone that prevents cosmic rays from bombarding our Earth. And something, this happens every 12,000 years. I don't know what happens every 12,000 years, but something. And then here's an exact quote because it's just, it's it's amazing. When this happened, this plasmic energy came into our planet 
and it ricochets through the crystalline core, the iron core of our planet, and creates these slow, standing sound waves. And so basically, if anyone's seen cymatics, is when you play frequency through a petri dish and you see the vibration of, of water or sand on vibratory plates, you see that it goes into different complex geometries. So when the frequency gets turned up in the, in the cosmos, that, that downpour of cosmic radiation, it hits the ringing bell of our crystalline core of Earth. And the geometries become far more complex. Exactly. And this was one of those examples where he started saying something, and then he interrupted himself and got all excited by cymatics that you never finished the earlier oh, thought. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's so hard to follow. It really is. Somewhere it's- around here, he was also talking about the 12,000-year cycle and also the seven-year cycle. So there's yes. something coming in 2024. That's right, because 2017 was a big event. So 2024 is coming up. That's going to be another big event. But I don't know what it consists of. So then he said, so that actually occurred in 2017. And I'm thinking, what happened? What? <laughs> right. And of, you have to go back through this whole story. The, oh, you got married. Okay. Of the three paragraphs you just gave us. Yeah. What actually happened in 2017? Yeah, maybe the marriage. No thesis statements. Never. Never. So these lines, we call them cosmic dragon lines, and mm. they come out of the line. Oh, yeah, dragon lines. She just drops this out of nowhere. Yeah, he says it first. Oh, okay. And he's saying that they come from the Lanakia supercluster. And I was oh, like, right. why does that sound familiar? That's the supercluster that the Milky Way is part of. So this energy field is emanating from the supercluster. And Shakina Ma then says, it's the high heart of the universe because it looks like a human heart. And Sanandaji <laughs> says, yeah, look it up on Google. Like, you'll see it looks like a human heart. So you look up the Lanakia supercluster. Okay, and I'm doing it. Sure enough, the visualizations that you see, yeah, I could see that. They have kind of lines and there's an overall shape to it that looks like a heart. But A, it's a visualization based on data from within that. Obviously, no camera has gone out to see our own galaxy from far enough away that you can see 100,000 other galaxies Mm. that form the supercluster. But B, it's also visualized from one specific angle. You know, so okay, that's true. Yeah. Also, okay. What it real? What he's really saying? I'm looking at it, and it is cool. But he's really saying there's one line that divides into two, and <laughs> yeah, that's true of like the human heart system too. Sure. But like, yeah. that's true of a lot of things. There's a reason that broccoli and cauliflower look like brains, right? Because it's a efficient structure to get things out to far away nodes, you know, mm-hmm. like having arteries and veins and capillaries. It's a good, efficient way to yeah. move resources. You have to yeah. do the same thing with the brain. These analogous shapes do show up in nature. And probably each one of those tiny little branches evolved, uh, which is pretty, pretty cool. And he says, our galaxy's in the center and it's a macrocosmic map of our microcosmic hearts mm, and what con- yes and what yes. connects it all together is the metaverse i was thinking like that oh, facebook's metaverse <laughs> it's like yeah that's zuckerberg he just does so much <laughs> when does he sleep um and so he tells us again what happened in 2017 and i'm thinking what happened was a pretty profound event and it was just the bow shock waves wait you know what else happened he in 2017 lo- what happened trump took power sure Huh. And he's running again in 2014, even though yeah. he just got indicted. <laughs> hey, yes, he, yes, he, actually, he was indicated. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, I, yeah. But, okay, I feel like it would be an elephant in the room if I don't point out that these two new age richos okay. are like something huge happened in the universe in 2017. Maybe they just mean their wedding. 
Also seems possible they mean okay. Trump. I, I, I wouldn't guess that. Okay, okay, no. fair. Yeah, so they mentioned that seven-year cycle, which happens to be a karmic cycle, okay? Yes. And then he gets really hung up on the bow shockwaves because he said that now, so he has to talk about how like a cruise liner has the waves oh, that shoot yes. out ahead. Uh-huh. If you're on a cruise ship and you come toward the shore, you'll see these waves. And then they told us something about a sacred code? Yeah, there's that- a sacred code. Yeah, that's going to connect us to the grid. Yeah, a lot of mentions of our DNA and how all light is. Oh, yeah, the Shekinah Ma interrupted him when he was saying the sun is changing and the light from the sun is changing. Oh, yeah, that's what's good. That's what's happening in 2024. So the light from the sun Ah. is changing. And she interjected to say, it's important to add that all light is programmed light. It's all DNA code. And I was like, what? What? Is, <laughs> what? No. No, those aren't connected at all. Maybe what she meant. Okay, hang on. I, I, I'm going to save her. I can save her. No, <laughs> I, like no I got this one. I got this one. Okay. I got this one. Fix okay. it, Carrie. Okay. UV fucks with your DNA. Yeah. Oh. oh. Okay. You know what? They do actually sell that point later that they talk about uh, manipulation of our genetics by the light. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta wear sunscreen. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's, that would be amazing. They're like, we like to wear white robes to cover our fair skin, but another option is sunscreen. That's our main message. To reference another obscure one hit wonder song from the late 90s, <laughs> everyone's free to wear sunscreen. <laughs> but 2020. 24 total solar eclipse will be the last one in the U.S. until 2045, scientists say. Okay. NBC say. Uh, So, yeah, we're supposed to become micro suns, uh, you know, because all of this... (laughs) is reflected on the cosmic scale and on the microcosmic scale. You get it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so so here's where he says, and I think this is what you remember. He says, for the last 2,000 years, the grid has been aligned to the Iron Age. Yes, an attitude of ignoring the truth. Exactly, exactly. And we're now at a point to pull the core out of the earth and rebuild. Yep. That's what I put in my notes. He did not put it nearly that clearly. Yeah, you must pull from the inner core of the earth all the memories in the entire field of living and anti-livingness that has been on this world for so long. And that's what's happening now as the grids are reworked for a true golden age structure. Golden age physiology then comes to bear. And uh, I think I think that particular like moment was the longest Shakina Ma spoke at any one time. Oh, was that her? Usually it was just to deliver a little pithy, you know, one or two line thing. But yes. She had a message there. It's it's true gobbledygook. And you really, well, we've complained about it already. Yeah. So as you were mentioning earlier, we just by moving around are all like little tuning forks that are helping this realignment of the grid. So, you know, at least they've, they've got a mental picture here that they're building uh, together. Oh, and this was, this was a great moment from Shakina Ma. But you have to be finely tuned and you have to be crystallized, crystallized to make a real difference, to really penetrate. And that's where 98% of purification is necessary to get to genetic liberation. That. That is an inevitability at some point. That is an inevitability at some point. Yeah, I also highlighted this part because, and I know this isn't what she was saying. I genuinely don't think she knew how it sounded. Okay. But you can't say 
That's where 98% of purification is necessary to get to genetic liberation. Mm. <laughs> expect everyone to parse that as you not making a white supremacy a eugenics argument. statement yeah 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 oh, okay yeah um but i don't think that's what she was going for but yeah it, it speaks to just like the level of like no monitoring no like higher order thinking about what i'm expressing i'm just like shooting it out mm-hmm Mm-hmm. There's no copy editor present. Sure. And on one hand, it's just impressive that they can generate this on the fly. Yeah. I do think it's a skill. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, it makes for funny, awkward moments when they glitch. So here's where they start to get into this framework of our spiritual ascension. Mm. And they have a clever way of phrasing it, which we already encountered when we took their online quiz. Sanandaji says, when someone is going through a dark night of the soul or discomfort, that's when the universe is happening to you. Oh, right. So now there's going to be all of these prepositions of the universe in relation to us. And that's kind of the lowest beginning state. And here again, we have something that sounds a little uncomfortable. He talks about this universe happening to you state as being the state of victimhood. Right. I think he's talking about like an external locus of control. Mm-hmm. You feel you feel like you don't have agency, a position many of us have been in. Yeah. So, so the only way out of that is discernment. So you need to start discerning the difference between constricting and contraction and expansion. Mm, and, you know, again, just yes. like rephrasing all of this. And you need to go away from separation and fear and toward love. 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 Yes. This kept making me think of that Donnie Darko scene where Donnie has to decide between fear and love for a bunch of little made up stories on his teacher's blackboard. But the stories don't have anything to do with fear or love. It's just her particular way of framing everything. Gotcha. I've seen the movie, but not well enough to remember that. So they talk about uh, love and Shekinah Ma almost sounds like she's giving an alternate riff on 1 Corinthians 13. She says, Love allows. It does not overtake. Mm. It does not try to change your processes. It does not try to bring you anywhere by force. Love allows you to have a journey. Mm -hmm. So in the Iron Age, the universe happens to me. Right. And you can't see your way out of it. And it's not that God isn't there. It's just that he isn't found. And it becomes a place of hopelessness. So, So you need to work out of this fear and towards truth, towards love. Truth and love are the same thing. No limitations. And Sanandaji says, and it's important to mention that love and fear aren't opposites. It's called the age of ignorance because it's the ignorance of love. Yes. Finding love is the key. And the consciousness around this has reached a critical mass that's going to make it easier for the rest of us to climb on board. Yeah. So there's this kind of collective action and we can kind of ride on everybody else's coattails because the whole earth is moving in this direction. Um, He talks about associative reactions. So Mm, when someone mm -hmm. upsets you and you react in a way that makes you realize, oh, I've reacted this way habitually in my life. Is that connected to a past experience? Is that a marker of how I am genetically? What should that tell me about myself? Mm -hmm. And here he kind of uses like the uh, your younger self language. Ah, okay. Okay. You know, it's the six-year-old you driving that response oh, kind of right. stuff. Oh, yeah. right, right. And this is also around where he introduces this next step in the development. The next level is the awakening stage. The universe happens by me. By me, yes. So yeah, now you're gaining some agency. Mm-hmm. You feel like you can at least harness whatever resources are out there to get what you want. Shakina Ma lets us know this is where you may have some little wobbles along the way. Mm. 
and she says, you know, we should also say you can experience all these levels all at once even. So maybe you'll have this big, uh, this is me riffing on her idea, but it sounds like, you know, you may have something that feels very advanced or this great moment of realization and you've jumped forward a level and then you may jump back. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's something where you kind of progress isn't linear seesaw exactly back and forth as you move up these steps and all the steps are just as important. Mm. Boy Ray also mentions here pains in the body, Hmm. that those are all different awareness of different aspects of what you're learning about yourself coming to the fore. Sounds very uh, Bessel van der Kolk adjacent. It it does. Very body memory. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they also argue for looking for patterns in random objects so like actually encouraging people to look at license plates and interpret them as having a message for you right oh man i this is (laughs) this is where i get a little nervous okay you know well for the people who are kind of on the edge of like conspiratorial thinking paranoid thinking anti-scientific thinking Mm -hmm. like we all are a little bit on the edge there we need help like finding the edges of science and not finding patterns where they aren't really but they seem to be yeah and we shouldn't just be encouraging people like oh oh this thing that's definitely random unless it's a vanity plate yeah find meaning in it train your brain to do that yeah one thing i'll always say just to kind of i don't know find sort of an olive branch between myself and someone on the other end of this cultural spectrum is that yeah both science and all of these beliefs all have to do with finding patterns And science Mm. gives us tools to weed out patterns that aren't real. That are noise. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And you're right. uh, They're kind of pushing people towards the Mike Clellan sort of things to just keep finding significances everywhere in sort of a non-falsifiable way. Which, yeah, I mean, if if you have one of these... I don't know. I'm, I'm like a little worried about the crowd that enters into this arena having mm-hmm. a little more propensity toward that and then being scooped up into this thinking. Fair. Know? Yeah. But that's an important part of this particular step, this stage, yep. is that you need to be noticing things around you. Yeah. Uh, and that that will be evidence of the divine, of mm-hmm. course. That's the implication. And uh, this is also where you start finding joy within you and you realize that joy is just part of your being. Yeah. So like the work of overcoming suffering in Twin Ray's mind is the same as what I associate very broadly with the Buddhist argument of if your basic needs are met, you can just choose to feel joy. And then once you have control over that reaction, you will start to realize that you can actually call it to mind anytime you want to. And it is your attachment to outcome that brings you suffering. Mm -hmm. Though I should say, I don't know that they actually said if your basic needs are met. I don't know if they're even dealing mentally with the fact that their basic needs have probably always been met (laughs) and other people aren't in that position. Fair. During this conversation, Shakina Ma was also talking about this beautiful playground you'll find yourself in. What can I do next? And she said, oh, look, I move my hand and this blue light comes out. I was like, what? (laughs) When did that happen? (laughs) Uh, But it makes me think of that stand that they had outside with the photo of them with light emanating from their hands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I wonder if she claims that's real. That would be something. You're also going to start seeing lots of serendipities as you get involved with the grids. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, See everything coming together. You're going to realize that all of life is good. There is no bad. So the next evolution of that maturation process is when the universe happens for you. Mm, 
Oh, that sounds selfish, but okay. It's not by me where I have to make things work from the ego perspective. <laughs> it becomes more embodied and you move from that soul structure into the overguiding soul aspect, which is service. Does that make sense, Gary? <laughs> Boy, not really. Wait, service wouldn't be for me. It's kind of the opposite. Um, I don't know. We're thinking about it too hard. Okay. <laughs> uh, they keep huh. they keep talking about tools in your toolbox. That's another refrain. Mm-hmm. Good metaphor. Good metaphor. Sure. I would have preferred a utility belt, but sure. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a toolbox. I apron. <laughs> <laughs> they also were calling this idea mastery, we think. Yes. Yeah. And it deserves discipline. Yes. So now they're talking about the sort of executive function piece of this. So you plan your own day, you have your Mm -hmm. spiritual practice in place. When you wake up, you're already going for that spiritual mindset. You're not slipping into your worldliness. But you know, it's all I'm I'm touching my forehead as I'm saying this to Ross. Mm -hmm. It's all right here. It's all like, I am staying present. I'm staying away and in control of my responses. Right. And also doing exercises, practice. Sanandaji says, no one ever meditated and said, well, I wish I didn't do that. And no one ever gets on a, a yoga mat and does yoga and asanas and says, well, that didn't feel good. Yeah. And I thought, oh, you have to subscribe to the Association of Psychological Sciences journal <laughs> instead of reading a bunch of pop psychology. And you'd learn that actually meditation, there's a lot of case studies of people who had trouble with meditation and okay. mostly people who have psychosis risk. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but also people who are on the narcissism end of the spectrum can find their uh, symptoms getting worse. It tends to be a thing that takes you away, ah. uh, takes you towards self, if you will. And like, so someone who's got like really bad social anxiety, it yeah. makes total sense to meditate because you okay. want to get back towards self and less toward being totally hyper aware of other people. But someone who's hyper aware of self, you don't really want to send them into that stage in a prolonged manner. Oh, well, I'm sure that couldn't have affected these two. <laughs> well. <laughs> So another thing he said, this is one of my favorite moments. So Shakina Ma was talking about how discipline allows you to become a disciple of God. Mm. And this was Sanandaji's turn to jump in with a little quip. And he says, and full disclosure, what we mean when we say God is, and I I know it's a bit of a knee jerk, Mm -hmm. but God is generation, operation, destruction. Oh. It is life itself. Oh, I missed this. The structure of all existence, one consciousness, one spirit, also grand original design. What? Okay. That's (laughs) completely different. Now you've got two acronyms. No. And so that's what we mean by the word God. But we also use that word as love. Great. Because they're the same thing, of course. Oh, my God. God and love. Uh, Useless. (laughs) Yeah. I I remember in the room, I almost cracked up at that. (laughs) Of course, what we mean by God is- Of course, what we mean is two Generation, operation, (laughs) destruction. Uh, She jumps in and says, source. And he says, yeah, source, universe, spirit. It's all that one thing. Spirit, I sued them. (laughs) She said, it's all synonymous. It doesn't Doesn't care care what what you you call call it. it. (laughs) (laughs) And the audience had a good laugh at that. 
they talk about the body sort of being the connection to the divine. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm summarizing here and doing a really good job compared to them. But uh, <laughs> but like that basically you should drop into the body, you know, oh, mm-hmm. as much as you can be taking in the world through the senses instead of just in this analytical brain that Ross and Carrie keep bringing into the right. room and gunking everything up. Right. And when you think about it, alchemy at the inner level is ascension. And really mm-hmm. it's incension. <laughs> They'll make up a word if they need to. Yeah, they they love to add inside to things. So instead of mm-hmm. understanding, it's understanding. <laughs> and yeah, they love a prefix. Like, let's yank that off. Let's put something else in there. Look what we did. We just took off the micro and we added a macro. Oh, right, right, so right. Good. Yep. Yep. So good. And, you know, we're, not, we're big wordplay people, too. So we get it. Sure. We, we get the, the siren song. You're not creating. You're me rating. <laughs> Yes, very good. (laughs) Don't co-rect, single-rect. Don't retire. You're not tired to begin with. (laughs) Just go ahead and tire first. Um, That reminds me, I was listening to the radio yesterday and someone was condemning something in the harshest terms. And I said... Go ahead. In the harshest terms. This is just one of my pet peeves is when someone says, we condemn that with the harshest terms. (laughs) I always think, all right, go on. (laughs) Please take the stage and go ahead and do so. But don't (laughs) tell me that you're using the harshest terms without using any at all. Let's hear them. Go ahead. Your (laughs) preface is complete. Say what you want about Kevin McCarthy. All right, Kevin McCarthy was born <laughs> February 2nd, 1999 in Smithville, Alabama. He loves comic books. His mother is Jewish. His dad, only a little. His... his Say what you want about him. His fireplace uh-huh. is uh, his favorite toy. Some children love fire. And this kid, well, he's got a problem. Really not stopping, okay? Yeah. Oh, um, no, that's okay. fine. You can, I mean, keep saying what you want about Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're talking about bodies. You are amazing technology. So why not use it to its highest potential? Yes. And it's not for yourself. It never was, mm. never could be. It's for service. But the universe is for me. Oh, who knows? Oh, okay. Then they also talked about us all being one. And they said, I thought this was interesting. When I hear we are all one, I think we are all connected. That's my yeah. my synonymous phrase for that, right? Yeah, yeah. But she said, some people hear we are all one, and they think you're saying we're all the same. Oh, and, right. And yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she was sort of de- demythologizing that idea and saying, no, no, no. Actually, we are all very different, but we all play a particular role in this organism which is the earth that's what we mean by we are all one so her corrective was no it's awareness that's the thing that is one ah yes we are all one have you ever had that um that feeling when you're meditating or whatever that Uh, you're connected i mean i I had it most potently on ayahuasca oh that was really one of the sensations that was the strongest i've ever felt like oh my goodness we are truly all connected i get it yes okay I've I've had hints of it, but the only time I really had it in a profound way mm-hmm. was um, meditation in college under a tree. Like I can see the tree, yeah. Um, and wow. it just it just aligns whatever happens in your brain. It happened to me just in maybe thirty seconds or so of just like, oh my god, I am everything, and everything is yeah. Me. Wow, uh, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, gonna yeah. go away. It's gonna go away. <laughs> it went away. <laughs> Never again. 
amazing. But I wonder if that's like the kind of thing the Buddha had and then under a tree. Probably hadn't eaten for a while too. Yeah, maybe it's just being in the shade. Being in the shade on a hot day. Yeah. Get enlightenment. So Sanandaji was introducing the next level and he said, so the next level is that resonance becomes so finely tuned that the universe happens and she says, as, As and he says, through you. Through you. (laughs) (laughs) I missed this, okay. such a funny moment because she so confidently said, as, he's like, through, (laughs) it's actually through and like. (laughs) I had to kind of correct her, like, we're not there yet. <laughs> okay, so that, that does confirm this really is, like, repeated wisdom right, that they they've have, developed. Right, they have stages, they've worked them out, mm-hmm. and she just... There really is a slideshow. She went a little ahead of script there. Yeah. And so the, the next level is that as that resonance becomes so finely tuned, that's when the universe happens through me. So the universe happens through me means that you are this channel of all of this. All of this, this field, you are this this channel, you are this vessel to allow the energy to flow through. And your only desire is the desire of love, which is actually dissolving all desires. The only desire you have is a truth, which is the same thing as love. So he says, this is what the golden age is. And they've probably defined golden age four times by now. <laughs> and I'm still not fully grokking it. But it's the universe happening through you. It's the embodying process. Your higher mm. self, your divine self. I, I keep reading my transcription thinking something is going to tell me what the golden age is and it's a futile hope. <laughs> but he says, at this stage, you realize that not even a blade of grass moves without the divine will of the universe. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of involvement from the divine. And so then he anticipates, he says, and there's all these questions that arise. What about this catastrophe? What about this? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. What, what about? about that? And he says, and the answer to that is a big one. Mm-hmm. Famine, war. Well, yep, that's still the question. It's these, di- <laughs> yeah, you just restated it. Good job. <laughs> well, it's these different layers of spirit and reality. It's not the appearance, it's not what you're perceiving. It's that everything is made up of the one thing. All matter yeah. is spirit. The wave is not separated from the ocean. The middle of the chair you're sitting on, or not, he says to the people standing. Mm. Me. Looks like a chair, but it's metal. It's all metal. One true reality that is behind all appearance. That is truth. That is you. So uh, essentially one big dodge of the question. Yeah, yeah, Like totally. what, we don't take suffering seriously because we're all one and it's all the same thing? Right. That's all I got out of that. I don't think there was any satisfactory answer to the problem of the Odyssey or uh, his system's answer to why bad things happen to good people. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's realized that there is some peace to be found in accepting things that happen, which is true, mm-hmm. uh, but is seems like blissfully unaware of the ways in which like his situation shelters him from too much negative stuff coming at him to begin with. Yeah. And he again tries to like sort of frame it just on mental states. He says, right, there's all of this programming and impressions that have been forced on you by different incarnations and ancestral Mm. conditioning and parental conditioning. But all of that 
lead becomes the gold of luminosity, which you mm. already are. Oh. You're just bringing it out in greater coherence. So he restated, <laughs> me. he restated the problem and then shifted our brains back to the happy things. Right. But that's all that happened. Right, there. right, right. He like recognized what the problem was, mm-hmm. but had no solution. Now, the next stage, of course, is the universe happens as, as you. As you. So now you are the agent of change. You are the forward seeker. And I assume this mm-hmm. is where they are. The, yeah. Them too. Right. And I bet they would kind of do something analogous to like the 3D, 4D, 5D ascension thing. Yeah. Where you might say, oh, at certain parts of the day, I'm acting as the universe is happening by me. Or I'm acting mm-hmm. as, as if it's happening through me. But most of the time, I'm realizing that it happens as me. So I, th- I think they would mm, say that it's still yes. fluid. And if you caught them at the veterinarian like scale. Yeah. Yeah. The Scientology tone scale. So I, I didn't get the sense that necessarily once you've reached a certain level, then you're just so enlightened. But I think they would argue that they themselves spend more time at these higher levels. Are than pretty consistently up there. Plebeians. Right. Got it. But yeah, lots of benefits to the universe happening as you. You're more present with life. You're more in your power. You're in such precise resonance with the field. And he said, we've shared every step of the journey because it corresponds to the grid. The earth is also going through this process. And this is where, as I was reviewing, I thought, well, they actually kind of did it. Like they did work through Mm -hmm. a process Mm -hmm. and they did describe it. They did give examples. Sure, there was all kinds of restatement and evasion and weird things in there. But uh, there was actually a structure to this talk. Okay, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll give you that. Yeah, and it's very hidden. And Shekinah Ma says, there's no questions here and no answers. Yeah, no shit. There's nothing you want to know. There's belief. There's no mind. So I was like, whoa, that's some weird culty sounding stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's no questions here. There's no one to ask the question. And mm. and actually, that's what Sananda G said next. There's no one to ask the questions. And that got a laugh from the audience. And then they ask us if we want a Q&A a few moments later. <laughs> and we're <laughs> like, we says got no, questions. except us. Oh, well, well, please. Yes. And everybody else wants nothing to do with that. Yeah, isn't that so interesting? It is. It's like there's a cultural agreement. Like, that's not what this moment is for. Mm-hmm. And, and you and I walk in and say, I disagree. But Actually, I think this is a perfect moment. It's so weird, though, because they keep going back and forth between saying this is the state we want to attain, but then telling us, but you're already there. You've already achieved right, it. Right, right. And he says that here. You are incorruptible. You are the Dharma. You are the Buddha mind and the Christ consciousness. And and then he was like talking about this whole thing about how the golden age has been manifesting in the world through technology. Uh, so he's kind of taking credit for, I don't know, cell phones and um, <laughs> uh, the metaverse, clearly. You know, what I do like about this message is the message that like a lot of the work you can do, the architecture is already there for you because you have a big old human brain that mm-hmm. was evolved over millions of years and like thanks to your ancestors and to all the shit they went through you have this architecture that's magnificent and that you can do something with if you wish to yeah though that statement of it just there was better than anything they said in this whole talk (laughs) thank you Uh, i'm sister ray in this same passage she mentions that we're in the aquarian age moving into the golden age it's like oh make up your mind yeah is it iron is it silver is it aquarian what are we in now but i think the iron age holdout is just the grid structure, which is changing. Oh, it's like California, how we haven't updated our electric <laughs> our grid. Our electric grid, yes. Yeah, yeah. Very okay. much like that. Great analogy. <laughs> Thank you. Shakina Ma went on one of her longer monologues. I, well, I shouldn't say that because 
she deserves more chance to talk in all of this. <laughs> but she's talking about this big global transition that's happening, that there's going to be a huge mental upheaval, and there will be souls on this planet who will wish they're not on a golden age planet. So she's mm. talking about some interesting outcomes of this transition. Mm. And she said, the bandwidth is changing. As the cosmic dragon lines have come in, yes. they have blanketed the earth. And she even says, what does this mean? <laughs> and, and so the audience laughs and I laughed at it because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what does we this don't mean? Sananda G breaks in and he says, because cosmic dragon line sounds epic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this drop about the dragon lines really grabbed me by surprise. Yeah. There was a moment earlier, too, where he, he said something and did kind of that, you know, like, what sort of reaction that got a big laugh from people, too, where he shows just a little bit of his, you know, like 14 year old Aussie personality. It's such lacking in parallelism too though like the there were like spirit lines but also dragon lines but aquarian age but iron age cosmic dragon line yeah yeah your categories in order does help with the lulling though that everything sounds so similar yeah so she says well let's unpack that these cosmic dragon lines these are the lines of christ Mm -hmm. goes from the person of christ to the universal christ and she talks about the Christive nature and they keep using like Christic, Christive, like all these different like adjectives they're building out of Christ. So somewhere they tell us that, of course, they're not referring to like literal Christ, but an anointing, you know, that whole idea right? where the word Christ comes from. Sure. Because it's Christ. Carnage, historic, <laughs> I was waiting for that. is sometimes true. <laughs> That's what I wanted. Yeah, I wanted a good acronym. So Sanandaji then is talking about how these dragon lines have created all these node points on this planet, and you can experience them when you go to some of these ancient right. sites. Which is what they did. And this was a big bomb here. He said, the last time this happened was in Atlantis, 12,000 years ago. With the drowning of Atlantis. He said the great flood occurred when... And these grids turned off. So I was like, can he find common ground with Ken Ham? Yeah. That this was the what caused the great, the great flood. flood. And he kept using that phraseology, the great flood, yeah. which is such a clear reference. Yeah, that to... all the flood legends mm-hmm. come from what he's calling the great flood. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that certainly got my interest. Yes, same. And he said, and now it's being scientifically proved that that's what happened 12,000 years oh, ago. Oh, is it? And he mentions like erosion and some other vague phrases. It's like, no, what is the scientific proof you're saying? Yeah, yeah, we need your slides. <laughs> yeah, bring back the slides. <laughs> and then he says, we're going to quickly wrap up with five types of grids. And then tie them into each level of the universe real quick. And that got a big laugh from everybody because it's like, you know, they've been anything but quick and they're over time. Uh, Anyway, so, yeah, I'm looking at these types. They're not particularly helpful. Types one and two of the grids are the energy directional magnetic pulse of the Earth connected to the first two levels of the awakening process. Oh, yeah, that's clear to me. Okay. Yeah. Glad you get it. Category three is the Earth's relationship to oh, the sun. Given over two. Okay. Yeah, one and two were sort of combined. Oh, I see. Okay. Category four is a connection to every other sun. Sounds like a hurricane. And okay. Oh, yeah. We didn't really get into this, but they have this whole belief that the ancients have connected us with sites like Stonehenge and Gobekli oh, Tepe. Of course. And ley lines to other suns. Okay. And then category five is changing the entire structure and the energetic field. And that new field will be coming with the golden age so maybe that's what the golden age is i still don't know uh it'll be decentralized and it'll be one shared bandwidth so there we go so we're all going to be like in the matrix sharing our brain waves yeah maybe why not but good 
it's like the matrix but it's not good. but it's good the, <laughs> take the blue pill people that's a running joke with our friend charles there was a movie oh shoot it was with christian bale and the name is escaping me right now but we asked him one time if it was any good and he's like well it's like the matrix but it's not but it's good <laughs> <laughs> or that time, I think I've told you this, I was at a Buddhist meditation talk and the speaker was like trying to give an example. And he said, like, uh, g- give me a, give me a bad movie. And I went, The Matrix. <laughs> and he goes, no, no. This like Buddhist monk, ah. just like his true, his most base self came out. He was like, no. Oh, well, that just goes to show you. <laughs> So uh, that's when uh, they asked us if we wanted to have questions or meditation. And even with how confused I was, I had questions. Me too. Absolutely. uh, Yeah, we were the only ones. uh, It was just like... You like we were two people in the crowd being like a release Jesus and everyone else is like Barabbas. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they walked us through a meditation and spoke through the whole thing. And it was kind of I a re- it was a repackaging of everything else they'd been saying. I knew it. I was like, this meditation's going to be a repeat of everything they've been saying. There, there was a fun moment about sending out angels with these messages. And, OK. And then they finished off with this uh, song. Which, uh, oh, okay. you know, I'll play as the and remember. Okay. Uh, but it sounded so familiar. I know I've either heard it at other events just like this or maybe at the ayahuasca retreat. Ah, oh, that song. You played it for me as I was walking in. Yeah, yeah. I think that is from Rhythmia. Okay. Uh, definitely one I've heard before. Oh, my and, God. If we find out these two went to Rhythmia, uh, well, I'll be well, certainly so pleased. He went to an ayahuasca retreat, but it was in a different country. It so. was Peru, right? Yeah. I want to okay. say yes, uh, not 100% on that. Yeah. Moment. Anyways, okay. so they were just grooving out to this music and people got up and they were dancing and so i started taking a video everybody's taking video but mm-hmm. this woman walks up to me this blonde lady and she taps me on the shoulder and i turn around and i was like oh oh hello and like she looked familiar to me and i thought she was tapping on my shoulder to say hi uh-huh. so i do this whole thing like how are you doing <laughs> and so we have this kind of awkward conversation <laughs> i go back to videotaping and she taps me on the shoulder again and she's i'm sorry there, there's no there's no recording here i was like oh Oh, we didn't have a deep connection. And so I'm like <laughs> racking my brain. How do I know you? How do? I, where do I know you from? And like, I, I still feel like she looks so familiar, but that wasn't at all why she tapped me on the shoulder. That's she wanted, so funny. She wanted me to stop recording them. <laughs> well, you probably got a sweeter admonishment out of it. Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Yep. Well, in our next episode, we will get back to more about our research on Boy Ray and some more stuff about Twin Ray's website. What are they up to? What are their main teachings? And what are they doing in Ashland? Indeed. Well, that's it for our show and for our Max Fun Drive. Oh my gosh, you guys. Thank you for pulling through. We got a couple more days that you can join and still be counted into our numbers. These are the bonus days. Yeah, so get in before the end of Sunday. Yes, you. You're still listening and you haven't gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. Mm -hmm. Don't you want stickers? Don't you want bonus content? There's more coming. Yes. Don't you want to support some of your favorite podcasters? Don't you? I think you do. I think so. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who has. You know, I recently got the nicest email from someone who years ago had reached out because you said, if you're a Trump supporter and you listen to the show, please email us. And this person had, and I had had some interaction with them that I don't really remember. But um, he just became a MaxFun member. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I I really loved his email. It was all about just like reaching out across difference and uh, 
uh, actually hearing each other out and taking the time to understand why we believe things so we can express why we would want other people to believe them. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I love and it. And yeah, I just, uh, I, it just made me feel really, really good. And I, I feel great about um, what this show is and what it cultivates for people. So cool. Yeah. And some of my favorite emails are ones from believers who are like, I still really enjoy the conversation and and, uh, and how you have it. So yeah. uh, thank you all for being part of that. Thank you to everyone who supports us now. And, and again, even if like you hear this on Monday and you're like, well, shoot. You can still support us. You can still get bonus content. So yep. MaximumFun.org slash join. You can join the family anytime, you guys. You just might not get a sticker out of it. You can handle it. You can uh, still feel very good about that. And you can reach out to us and we'll give you a uh, high five over the internet. And pretty soon I'm going to give you that wake up track. What up? Yeah. And remember. Like the stars in the night. We are light. We are light. As the wind. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.